This episode of the Disney Film Project is sponsored by touringplans.com. Head over to touringplans.com and use their tools to save yourself time and money when you are at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. You can use the Lines application on your mobile phone, use the crowd calendar to figure out which parks to hit which days, or use the touring plans to save time and money waiting in line. Touringplans.com is the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the program where we discuss the films of the Walt Disney Company in all their splendor and glory. Uh, I am your host, Ryan Kilpatrick, uh, but that is not important. What is important is that we have fine, wonderful people here to talk about the films, to edit this podcast, and to make uh, this thing all run perfectly. First of all, we have Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is the Chief Technical Officer over at DisneyDrivenLife.com. He's also a blogger at TouringPlans.com, and he's a heck of a swell guy, and he is right here on my video screen. Hello, Mr. Todd. Hello, how are you? I, I am doing well. Doing well. I'm ready, ready to talk some movies with my favorite p- folks. That's cool. Me too. I'm, uh, I'm ready to maybe de-stress a little and have a little fun. That's what we do here. Yes, it is. That's right. All right. So we also have the other wonderful film buff that joins us on a regular basis, one Miss Brianna Alessio, who is attractions blogger over at DisneyDrivenLife.com. She is also a blogger where you can read about her amazing adventures over at Adventures of Brie at AdventuresOfBrie.blogspot.com. How are you, Brie? I'm doing peachy, and de-stressing sounds excellent right now, so I think I'd like to do some of that. Exactly. I think we're all, like, in, in stress mode. Especially, yeah. especially our producer, Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who's, who's trying to, I think, do 17 podcasts in one day. I believe that is her version of One More Disney Day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I could probably do maybe three if I, if I pushed it. Impressive. How but are you, Cheryl? I'm doing good. I edited um, our, our next podcast already, and then... Um, then this one is going to be next, and then then the computer that wore tennis shoes is after that, and then I've got the whole schedule done, ready in my mind, and queued up for editing. That's right. We got we got we got lots coming, folks. So just uh, we we even have some surprises on the way. So just stay, pay attention, and if you want to read about Cheryl and the the many things that she goes through in in making this show work, you can go follow her on Twitter at Cheryl P three or go over to about.me. Slash Cheryl P three and how I threatened to three of the buddies movies. <laughs> yes, which she she did. That was cruel and unusual punishment. I didn't, which I did no. not receive for my birthday. Yeah, I didn't end up saying them. Thankfully. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 There we go. All right. So, uh, as many of you know, in recent weeks, we lost uh, Whitney Houston. She passed away uh, recently, and we thought it would be appropriate for us to go and look at uh, one of the films that she made for the Walt Disney Company. It was a touchstone film uh, called The Preacher's Wife, uh, also starring Denzel Washington as well as Courtney B. Vance as the, the lead role of The Preacher uh, and uh, Whitney Houston playing the, the wife from the title. So that is the film we will talk about today. Also, um, Gregory Hines w- is, was in this movie as well. And Lionel Richie. Yeah. Yes. All night long. All night. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't bust that out in, in the scene that he was in. <laughs> I, he, I don't he, think Disney could afford it. <laughs> probably right. <laughs> Whenever I see him in something like this, I always forget how short he is. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. All right. So The Preacher's Wife is based on... Uh, it is... I would say it's a remake, but it's very loosely based on the 1947 uh, MGM movie called The Bishop's Wife, which starred Cary Grant as uh, the Denzel Washington part, David Niven as the Courtney B. Vance part, and Loretta Young in the Whitney Houston part. So, I'm skipping ahead. Was that the movie they were showing on the TV? No, the movie on the TV was Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Yes. 
Thank you. That would have been funny, y'all. <laughs> that that. would have been. It would have been an opportunity. They yeah, did. see that? <laughs> so if, if you haven't seen the, the earlier movie, the 1947 film, you should go check it out. It's quite good. Uh, but it's not a Disney film, so it's not what we're here to discuss. Uh, the basic outline of the 1947 film is what we talk about with The Preacher's Wife, which is there is a preacher in a neighborhood who is having trouble in his marriage and in his neighborhood, and he prays for some help. And an angel arrives in 1947. That angel came in the form of Cary Grant. And in The Preacher's Wife, uh, that angel comes in the form of Denzel Washington. So from 1947 to 1996, angels changed form from Cary Grant to Denzel Washington. I know that if I had an angel come to me, I would want him to look like either Cary Grant or Denzel Washington. <laughs> I would so. think you would you would probably pay more attention to him that way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So let me let me ask this first. So I know I know Cheryl's answer. She's not seen the Bishop's Wife. Todd, have you seen the original? I have not. And Bree, come on, put my TCM. I actually have. I have not seen that. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. So this this that will uh, that will probably inform you as to some of my opinions on the Preacher's Wife uh, as we go along. So it was a very, uh, I, I was going to say very successful. It wasn't exactly very successful. Um, the soundtrack was extremely successful. Yeah, the most uh, successful gospel album of all time. Wow. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only gospel album of all time to feature um, con- contributions by a German man since Hans Zimmer did the score for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Mm. From, from the preacher's wife to pirates, he just does it all. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think there's many other gospel albums that have a, uh, a, a German gentleman in the credits. I don't think so. No, no, I don't think that's the case. Uh, so, the, obviously, the soundtrack did very well because Whitney Houston performed on it. Uh, and she, in the movie, plays Julia Biggs, who is the wife of Henry Biggs, who is the reverend at St. Matthew's Church. Um, and the church is struggling, to say the least. Uh, if you, the, the, the film opens with the scene of them in church, and it opens with their son, Jeremiah, uh, talking about what's going on in the church. And he is the... So I was going to say he's the narrator for the story, but he narrates the, the opening scene and the final scene and pretty much is absent the rest of the film. I mean, he's there, but he's not narrating. Yes. Because he's the only one that remembers Deadly. Correct. The, the problem is they set him up as the narrator, and then they show a bunch of scenes that he couldn't possibly have known what happened in those scenes. Did anybody else find that irritating? No, no but that's okay. Go on. Really? <laughs> it was... Actually, I found him narrating more irritating than having him not ar- narrate, to be honest. <laughs> No, I agree with that. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I did not care for Jeremiah. I'm just going to say. I mean, not not that I have anything against the kid or anything. Just like the character didn't do anything for me. He was there to be a cute kid. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, nothing against him. Be a cute kid. That's what if that's what you are. But you know, whatever. Um, so Jeremiah opens and says that this was the story. You know, basically says this is a story of. You know, my mommy and daddy needed help and introduces us to his, his father, who is Henry Biggs, and his mother, who's Julia Biggs, Whitney Houston, who's standing in the choir loft singing while uh, Henry, and then Henry gives a sermon. And then we're introduced to the various and sundry folks around the church and the fact that, and, and some of the problems that are occurring in the church, um, which, which apparently are numerous. I don't know about you guys, I had some trouble following all the different things that were going on with the church. There was a lot wrong. It, yeah. He, he also basically – he does this sermon about temptation, which is really what, like, the entire rest of the movie is about. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I – so first of all, I, 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 I wanted to say for a second that, like all good angel movies, this one starts with clouds. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> yes. It I mean, wouldn't have been as good if it didn't. No. And wait, and Mary Poppins. Just saying. Oh, that's true. That's whoa, true. Whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> Are we saying what I think we're saying here, Todd? No. Okay. I wasn't. 
But I did note in my notes a lot that Angel superpowers. Well, and, and that's, that's kind of my other problem with it, is, is, is theologically speaking, uh, Dudley is not an angel. The only problem I, that, that was the other problem I had with this. Well, from my point of view, he's a revenant, right? No, there are uh, angels. No, there are angels in Jewish. No, 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 no. I'm saying just well. No, if I was to categorize him, he's a revenant, right? Because he's he's he never had earned wings, and he was and it, so wait. People who died go to heaven, but they don't become angels, right? Angels were already in heaven. Isn't that the way it goes in like theology? Yes. Yeah. Oh, correct. <laughs> right. So there's that minor that that that's a theological problem, but it's not, you know, it doesn't mean anything for the movie. It's just me knowing that I'm like he's not an angel. He keeps saying he's an angel, but he's not an angel. I can't believe I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there. So there's there's all kinds of problems with the church, but there, it's it's. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to like categorize them because the problems are not like, like eventually we get to the point where the boiler breaks, right? And they they're, they're going to freeze out of the church. But before that, it's mostly like just interpersonal stuff. It, it's not that there's problems with the church. It's that there's problems with like the community, right? Which in this case is the church. Is the church correct? Yeah. Well, it was unclear how long ago Julia's father had died to, to me. So I'm wondering if that was the community going fall, falling down was because Julia's father had passed away maybe maybe recently. I don't know. They, didn't, they never said how long ago he had died. So I'm wondering if maybe that was a catalyst to causing the, causing the church to go down because the, the pastor had died and... You know, Julia's husband is replacing the pastor. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's sort of implied that when Julia's dad died, that's when the the decline started. But we don't know when that happened. Exactly. Yeah. That was my problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and like the problems are. Well, I mean, we can we can talk about it a little bit because it's it's just kind of unfolded. Uh, throughout the movie, even though um, Denzel Washington's character, who's Dudley, the not actually an angel, uh, shows up fairly soon, the problems <laughs> the problems in the community are sort of unfolded even kind of as he's there and before and after he arrives, right? Which was my other issues. Like, well, we should kind of see what all the issues are before Henry starts praying for deliverance, but. It, it, it wasn't a big quibble, like it's just you know, kind of story structure sort of thing. Nothing. It, it was still very enjoyable to watch all of this unfold. Yeah. the The biggest problem with the movie is it's not very fast paced, right? No, no, it's not. Right. And, and and but it's not like they're drawing the story out. It's just there's the story is just really about people doing people things. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say the story. So you know my 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 whole goals, motivation, and conflict thing. Yes. The problem here is that the conflicts of Julia and Henry, who are the two main characters, are internal conflicts. Therefore, there's not a whole... Like, Henry's conflict is not the fact that, you know, one of the problems is that a developer would like to tear down the church. That's not his problem. His problem is he's sort of lost his way. And that's hard to get across in a movie without... Without hitting you over the head with it, you know what I mean? Which they do. Yeah, yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> but it, but it's not like you said. Like it's not they, it, they do hit you over the head with it, but it's not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like like they they go to it over and over again. But I felt like they at least made each scene different. It's not like. Here's a scene of why Henry's bad. Here's another scene of why Henry's bad. Here's another. You know, each one of them is a different thing. You can see his point of view in a lot of those scenes, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I think it was, though, a half hour longer than it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, so it has a made-for-TV quality. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it does. I could see that. I could see that, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I thought, you know, 
production value wise, it was fine. But yeah, the the kind of hallmark Hall of Fame element to it is is kind of the way I feel about it. Kind of weepy at the end, and yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. it does have a heavily preachy edge. Well, it is well, a movie it, about a church and a preacher, so I would hope yeah. it would be. <laughs> I mean, I'd expect it to be a little bit freaky, Todd. During during Christmas with an angel, I get it. <laughs> yes, <it's, laughs> it is. It is a deeply religious movie, very steeped in religion. Yeah. Yeah. Not well, saying that like like I like that part of it I, actually, but I'm not sure that yeah, I would say that it's steeped in religion so much that it's about very religious people. Um. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, it, there's definitely, aside from the bad angel theology, there's definitely a lot of theology in the movie, though. Well, yeah, but then they make up the angel book stuff, right? The angel handbook. That was funny. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, let, let me recap all the problems that are happening in the community, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll start talking about Dudley and the angel handbook because uh, I, I would love to to get you guys' thoughts on Denzel Washington as Dudley. But the, the issues that are going on in the community, so we talked about the church uh, getting ready to be torn down by Gregory Hines, um, who is the developer. Uh, he also His name is Joe Hamilton, who played quarterback for Georgia Tech. I don't know if it's the same guy, but I'm just, I don't know. Um, it could be, but I don't think so. <laughs> there is uh, Hakeem, who is Jeremiah's best friend is being forced to leave town because he doesn't have uh, proper guardianship. Yep. Uh, there is, uh, and I forget, uh, Billy, that's his name, who witnesses a crime. He is not actually involved in the crime whatsoever, but the store owner who runs out of the store after these gentlemen rob him sees Billy and accuses him of being the guy and puts Billy away. And conveniently, the gun was right found right near Billy, and I think he even may have touched it. Stupidly. Yeah, they th- they <laughs> threw it as they were running out the door, and Billy was just kind of standing there and curiously looked at it, basically. Um, and then there's just kind of an overall sense of, I don't know if you call it ennui, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, aside from the, the stuff you can see, there's a general sense that the community's not in great shape. No. And did it, I it capture it all, or did I miss any? And you missed the. Mo- I think the mother smoking was. I I'm not sure that was a problem, or that was like something that a plot point that they dropped. I, I mean, punch- they they kept back going to it, but they never like said the like, like you know, you think I was. I'll go to like Angels in the Outfield as an example because that's the one example I have. Is it's not like where with like the other the head angel had said to the kid. Well, Mel's gonna die because he had all this, all this, um, shoot all tobacco, or something. Mel, had, Mel was going to die. Right. It's not yeah. like that scene. It's 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 like okay, the Mel is smoking, and the angel never says one word to her. And I was like, that, that oh, he does. Says, no, he, he does, does say he does. Okay. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, yeah, he yelled. This was as harsh. I don't know. I didn't think it was as harsh. But as he, it was. but he wasn't, but he wasn't harsh, right? Dudley, what, that wasn't who he was. But I just thought the grandmother was the comedy relief. She may have been. Yeah. She was hilarious. She was. She was quite funny. She did have some good lines. Yeah, but she's, you know, because she's also Mama Odie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And who doesn't love Mama Odie? That's right. Who doesn't love Mama Odie? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so there's all of this stuff in the community. I mean, the the basic I think I think the basic tenet that we're supposed to get from this is that this is a community that's held together by the church and the church is in danger. Yeah, agreed. Right. Yes. So Reverend Henry prays for help, uh, which arrives in the form of Dudley, uh, played by Denzel Washington, who falls to the ground in front of Jeremiah, wearing his nicely tailored gray suit that he will wear for the rest of the film. Yeah, uh, and Dudley comes to to help Henry find his way again. I I, I like the landing because he kind of smacks. They're making snow angels, and he comes in between them, and he is an angel in the snow. So it's kind of you know, they were making a little play on words there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, when Dudley Dudley tries to present himself to Henry 
uh, several times, actually. And Henry is not really willing to believe that this is an actual angel, which may be because he studied theology. But that's all it is. I like when he just he you see him for a, for a few of the montage scenes where he's in the background, and he's just like constantly eating different things. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> well, because that's that's Dudley's thing, right? Is he's so according to the story, he you know he's been waiting in line to come down. Uh, you know, he lived on Earth, he died, he he went to heaven, and he's been waiting uh, up in heaven to come for, down and help somebody. Years. Thirty years, yes. Uh, and and so when he gets back down, he wants to experience all the things that that he's missed. He gets to enjoy things like pizza and ice cream and pretty much every other food, like you said, Todd. <laughs> but he really didn't get to enjoy the pizza because he had to have it because he had to have it return, <laughs> return it because he started True. saying stuff, asking about the pastor. <laughs> I I kind of like that scene because the guys like the guys like you mean the the guy who baptized me and all this stuff, right. baptized my children and and, all, uh, and then he just kind of takes the pizza back and hands him the money yeah <laughs> well hey that's how you don't talk you don't talk ill about the preacher man no that is that that's not cool Mm-mm. and that's that's what Dudley was trying to do because he, he confronted Henry on the street and Henry was rather short with him basically calling him a crazy person and uh, when he relays that to the pizza vendor uh, bad things man Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So did anybody else... So what did, what did we think of, of, of Denzel as Dudley? Loved him. He was my favorite character in the whole movie. I, I kind of tend to enjoy Denzel Washington in movies always. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. Agree. I mean, like, like my two, two of my favorite uh, movies of his are Carbon Copy and Ricochet. I don't believe I've seen those. Cool. Oh, you should. I, I, I'm partial to John Q. Okay. It's a very good film. I don't think I've seen that either. Mm. I, I, I am, I'm partial to Glory. That's that's my favorite of his. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, well, actually I was listening to a podcast about Glory, about the, the 54th today, so. I love Denzel and Remember the Titans and the Hurricane. Oh, I love Remember the Titans so much. And also, the hurricane is really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, both of the both of those are really good. Good call, Cheryl. Yeah. There you go. So, this is where again my having seen the 1947 version sort of colors my opinion a little bit because he's playing. So Denzel Washington is playing Dudley the way that Cary Grant did it in the 1947 version, which is as a very charming, you know, debonair, good-looking guy. Yeah. Carrie, you're never going to out-charm Cary Grant. I agree with that. Yeah, me too. But was he trying to? Yes. Really? You think so? Really? Don't get me wrong. Denzel Washington's a better actor. Yeah, like he was. He was trying. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Like he was trying to be a charming guy, and he's not as charming as Cary Grant. I just can't make a comparison because they're two completely different actors. So I yes. can't really say. I, I I think they're both charming. I think it's not the same type of charm, though. Yeah, I'm sure this is just a me thing. Like I thought his performance was was good, very good. I, it wasn't anything <laughs> as a performance. I just thought like. I could see little touches, having seen the other movie, of him doing things that Cary Grant had done. So, he probably watched it to study, so... Oh, yeah. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So Dudley is trying to find a way to get in with Henry. Meanwhile, Henry is trying to deal with all these crises, and not realizing that the main crisis he has is with Julia, his wife. Yeah. Because, because he is... Would we? Would it be fair to say a workaholic? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, several people point this out to him throughout the film too, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you can't do all of this. You can't be all of this. You know. Yeah. Like yeah, like he has yeah, a secretary, trying. and it's very unclear what she does. <laughs> we never find out. 
Yeah, <laughs> he's never there to do anything. No. Uh, and that his secretary is Beverly, played by Loretta Devine, who uh, was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the Image Awards for this. Really, and and won it no less. Wow, she's awesome. She really is awesome. Yes. Yeah. I she she's great. I just didn't know that she was that great in this, but you know, hey. I actually preferred her in that. Um, it was on for two seasons on ABC. Eli Stone. Okay, the I saw one episode of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she she was his secretary in that. Really, really good. Again, a secretary. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> she's getting tight cast. Yeah, she's tight cast. Yeah. But the problem the problem is Henry is trying to basically hold the community get together, I guess through his own force of will, right? Because he's going out and you know, visiting people and taking blankets to people and all of these sorts of things, but he's not spending any time with his wife or his son. Yes. I, th- I think that's a good way to look at it. Right. So he's he, he's holding the external community together, but he's not doing such a great job holding his own household together. Which is the crux of the movie. Correct. And it's that's what Dudley has been sent to fix, right? Because uh, when he first appears you think he's been sent to help him with his tasks in the community because Henry and Julia's troubles don't necessarily become apparent until after Dudley shows up. Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of, you kind of think that he's there to help him deal with the church being lost. Uh, when in fact he's there to help him fix the internal problem and that will, in turn, fix the external problem. Right. Well, and I think that part that the goal toward to fix the internal problem is to fix Henry himself. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So the problem with this is that Henry doesn't want any help. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Dud- Dudley presents himself, uh, and this is straight from the 1947 film. He presents himself as an assistant sent by the church council so that he can get closer to Henry every day. And that's where we get the fun stuff about the angel handbook that you mentioned before. (laughs) Would the church council actually do something like this in reality, Ryan? Well, it wasn't clear to me which church it was. Which council? Ditto, yes. (laughs) So, sure, it depends. Which branch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would be the person who knows the least in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I couldn't tell what denomination church it was because he wore, you know, like a, a priest's garments, but, but he also mm-hmm. wore robes that right. were not priest garments. So, like, I couldn't tell. He's obviously it's a, not a Catholic church. But I don't know what kind of church it was. They refer sure. to him as minister, never father, yeah. anything like that. So I don't know if that helps. Not really, because it's okay. it, it would ha- it's a Protestant denomination, but I can't tell which one. It's not Methodist. Do um, you think it's Baptist? I, it, I wouldn't a Baptist. I wouldn't think would wear a priest's uh, okay. collar. Mm. But th- he that would that part that threw me off is he wears the priest collar a couple times in the movie. And I don't know of any Protestant denominations that do. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are. I just I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, he doesn't always wear it either. He's not. So it doesn't seem to be a requirement for the position. Right. Um, oh, can I just say the rules? Please do. Yeah. So, so there, there are three rules to, help to, the, to the angel Dudley helping the human Henry. Okay? The rules are, we can't do anything that you shouldn't be doing. Everything that you do should be done of your own free will, and when he leaves, they won't remember any of it. Right. So, those are the rules. And which yeah. one is uh, Henry's favorite? Oh, this is number two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He makes that clear a couple of times in the film. <laughs> yes, he does. Makes it very clear. So, the complication arises... So, and like we said, the, the conflict of the movie is, is Henry's internal conflict, which doesn't make for exciting filmmaking. 
So they have to, there has to be some other things in the movie to, to raise the stakes a little bit. So the, the big one that happens is between Dudley and Julia, uh, which makes for a little bit of a strange viewing experience in my mind, because we have an angel falling in love with a married woman. Yes. Well, not just yet, though. No. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole build into it, right? Because what happens is Henry is uh, unable to uh, to be with Julia at times, and Dudley uh, Julia observes Dudley with Jeremiah, kind of talking about uh, because Hakeem has to leave. You know, he kind of comforts him, and that kind of warms her up to him. And then you know, there's a there's a slow build of events that go to to where you realize that that Dudley's sort of falling for Julia. And Henry's Henry's using the fact that. Um, he, he, as his assistant, instead of sending him off on the errands, he's sending him off with Julia. Yes. And kind of making Julia, uh, him, Julia's bodyguard. Well, he's sort of like, he's sort of like Henry's stand-in, basically. So it kind of works naturally, you know? And, and conveniently, the bodyguard is Whitney Houston's other movie. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. More successful than this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the story that uh, Dudley uses with Jeremiah about Hakeem because they play the memory game. But you yes. actually, you uh, he tells his own story to, to Jeremiah, right? Because he tells a story right. about how he died and how his mother is missing him. But it's kind right. of sort of veiled and hidden in the scene, so you have to really be able to pick that sort of thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely, there is a lot of subtlety to this. In general, right? Which is kind of weird for a, a, a big commercial movie. But like, like you said, that story is not actually, you know, it's not spelled out for you that it's Dudley's story, but you you pick up on it. And there, and even the love story, such as it is between Julia and Dudley, is very slow developing until a certain point in the movie where Mama Odie stands up and kind of brings it to the forefront. <laughs> <laughs> in, her, in her own special way. Yes. I, I, I like that um, the Angel ha- Handbook covers uh, Microsoft Windows. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> that was amusing. And the, the fish in the computer. Yes. Yes. Fishies in the TV. Fishy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we said, Dudley starts becoming the stand-in for Henry. So the first thing is there's, you know, like we said, errands that have to be run. Dudley goes and runs the errands. Uh, it's Christmas shopping is the first thing. So Henry is supposed to take um, Jeremiah Christmas shopping, and he doesn't. And it's instead Dudley who does so, because Henry is over at uh, Joe Hamilton's place. Okay. This was the part I did not understand, okay? So I'm going to have to have you guys explain this to me. Okay. There was no lead-in for it. Yeah, there's that. So, Joe Hamilton, Gregory Hines, offers Henry, whose church is falling apart. The boiler has broken, you know, the community's in in trouble because they don't have the stuff they need at the church, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He offers Henry a big new church with facilities for anything he might need, right? Yep. The deacons of the church are in the room urging him... To take this deal. Yep. Yep. Henry takes the deal to get a big new church for his flock. Right? Yes. Yep. Yep. And this is a problem. Why? Because, well, because you don't find out to the end of the movie it really wasn't for his flock. It was for the new flock that Joe was planning on bringing into his new community that he was building. And right, so They don't and, tell you that here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. But another thing that they tell you later is that him, if he had, if he had continued down this path, he would have broken Julia's heart. Yes. So, and, but, and but it's not because it's not clear why though. At this point, you no. Know what I mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I just and and really, what they say at the end, like you said, Todd, it's Joe wanting to bring in this new group of people. 
it's also the fact that this bigger church is farther away and the people wouldn't be able to get to it. And it's more of a, it, you know, this church is going to be more of a monument to Henry than a church. But none of that's explained until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Right. Yes. I, I agree. That That's the fundamental problem with the, the plot as it is, is the concept of the plot is good, but the script was never streamlined, it seems. It seems like they just went and did it. Yeah, I agree. And And see, like the church thing makes sense. If you've seen the original, because the original, the the work that the preacher, in this case the bishop, was all caught up in was building a new building. The okay. David Niven character in the original film, that was his whole thing. That's why he's neglecting his family. That's why he's lost his way, because he's so focused on courting these older church members for money to build this new church that he's quit preaching to them, he's quit ministering to them, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's why I had a problem with the characterization of Henry as quote-unquote bad, because what Henry was doing was basically holding the entire community together with his ministry, and I, I just found it very difficult to, you know, there were certain scenes, obviously, that they made him, you know, kind of a, you saw that he'd lost his way, but, like, for example, the one scene where uh, he tells Dudley that he can't take her dancing, it's because he has to go visit someone in the hospital and take blankets to people who are cold. And and they show him feeding people at a food kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to root against that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that was that was part of my issue with it is like I, I had trouble thinking of Henry as having lost his way necessarily, even though you could tell it in the relationship with his wife. Like, yeah. I don't know. Strange. Well, I, I think the fact, so I think that the fact that he um, was, everything was kind of falling apart behind, around him and was what was what was making him lose his faith with, um, you know, why, why would um, God choose to do all this to all these people. And I don't mean to be preachy and use God. I apologize, but it's like what the movie's about. And right. at this, but it didn't. It wasn't killing his desire to help others. Yeah. You know, so it was like more a loss of of belief or faith than a loss of will to help. So. Yeah, and I get I get the the whys of it. It just didn't make for. For me, it was hard to to feel like Henry was in the wrong, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. Which is kind of the way they, they were sort of, like, at times, the way that they were trying to portray it. I think there was a very schizophrenic nature to his character. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have, the hem- you, have the he- you have the Henry that's, one, trying to be the new, one, trying to be a pastor and, um, Replace replace um, Julia's father, and then you have the Henry, who's the one that's doing going out doing the missioner the missioning, and so it's it's very hard to see them as the same person because he split himself in so many ways. Yeah, that would have solved his problems. Invent cloning. There you go. I think I think we have an answer here. Well, depending upon his depending upon his belief, he may not like he not me not believe in cloning. We won't go. Oh, we, won't, we won't go there. Good. Let's not. Yeah. Valid point. I believe in cloning. <laughs> that does not surprise me a bit. No, me neither. Actually. All right. So. The, the next, the next thing that we have with um, with Julia and Dudley after after they have lunch together and uh, all of this is is the scene that we were just talking about. Is they take uh, he takes her dancing because he he thinks the way that to get Henry to realize what's going on is like you know spend the night out on the town with your wife. Well, of course Henry has to go and deliver blankets and do the soup kitchen, and Dudley has already told Julia that they're going to go dancing. So Henry says, "Well, you just take her." So Julia takes him to Jazzy's, the club where they met. Um, 
and Whitney Houston is convinced to get up and sing. And this is probably the most famous song that's come from this movie is the song where she sings I Believe in Miracles. I don't know if that's the name of the song. And conveniently, Lionel Richie's also there. Yes. Well, <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's the scene, and, and, and Lionel Richie plays the piano, and we, we learn that this is the club where Henry proposed, and they used to come there all the time. They were regulars. All that sort of stuff that um, you know that makes makes the movie that that makes you understand that that Henry has lost his way with his wife. This is where it kind of becomes front and center. If you didn't know it when he wouldn't go dancing with her, you know it by the time they leave this club. Yeah, well, this is the point at which Dudley becomes smitten with her, anyways, when she sings the song. So, right. But, of course, Henry is very jealous when he comes home. But even that, it, it, this is the weird thing, it, it, and I'm skipping ahead, but it seems like the catalyst for him to sort of change things, like there's so many other points along the way that he could have started changing things in his life before he actually does. Mm-hmm. Is that just me, or what did you guys think? I just don't think he was seeing it, though. Yeah, he needed the wake-up call. And, and his wake-up call, spoiler alert, was falling in the snow? No, his no. wake-up call was seeing Julia being smitten by another man. And realizing right, realizing but, that he had paid this attention to Julia. The, the falling in the snow was to push Julia back at him. Yes. Not because Julia was moving towards Dudley and Dudley kind of, they don't say it but I think Dudley got kind of sort of scolded by his boss right and so he had to make he had to correct everything and that's what the that's what the falling in the snow later on was uh, this this argument that they have is really the is really when he starts to get the point the point across right D- Dudley yeah tells him you're broken you're the problem and you need to do something about it and you need to take control of it but he doesn't <laughs> not yet <laughs> no but when he sets but he goes and he listens and goes and sets gets Billy set free right and then he starts to recover his faith yes but he's still not yeah. but he still hasn't fixed his marriage yet yeah I mean that's the thing it's like I feel like I feel like again like Henry just it was hard to narrow down, like, what what is the issue we're trying to fix here? Is it his faith? Is it his marriage? Is it, you know what I mean? And, and so we're clear, this same problem occurs in the in the 1947 movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have the, sa- the, the same issue occurs where you think the problem is the reverend's too focused on money, and then all of a sudden there's this side note of Cary Grant falling in love with his wife, and, and it's kind of sort of out of nowhere. Um, this is actually much, from the romance standpoint, much better uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, because they try not to make it too obvious. It's it's natural, right? Like, they spend time together. They go ice skating together. They go to a club together. You know, it's natural. It feels right for the two of them to start having feelings for each other. Although at the ice skating scene, I think... think, um, Dudley was using some of his powers with those red lights. I was wondering that too. I, me too. Me too. Because what happens the next scene that the two of them spend together is they're ice skating with Jeremiah, and Henry is supposed to come and meet them to go ice skating, and he gets stuck in traffic at a red light, and there's sort of an it. They don't again. It's subtle. They don't come out and say it, but the, there's a hint that. Dudley has influenced the red lights to keep Henry from getting there. He was completely responsible for that. Yeah, he actually says at one point, where did this red light come from? It's never been here before. Right. So, and then then he hits three more red lights, which then kind of got me thinking, okay. And then after after he complains, it suddenly goes green, like... Like God has turned to right. green because God knows that he's that that Dudley's misusing his powers. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, think it's I important. Just, I think it's important to have a timeout at the moment and just remind everyone that with great power comes great responsibility. Continue. 
Oh my. I agree. <laughs> Wholeheartedly, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. It's it, it's it's after this point where um, you know it, it, Henry has started to recover his faith. So he had gone and and again, I thought the dialogue was a little clunky in the scene, but it's that's okay. Uh, the scene with Billy where he's talking to he, he goes to Billy and kind of makes this impassioned plea to the court to free him, and that's what took him so long to get from ice skating aside from the traffic. Uh, but he's talking to Billy and and. Dudley had made the point to him earlier that, like, do you believe that this kid is innocent? And you could tell that Henry wasn't entirely sure until he looked him in, you know, Dudley tells him to look him in the eye, and he goes down to the courthouse, does so, and that's what leads to the impassioned plea. Yep. I just feel like there was was a missed bit of dialogue there, though, because Billy says to him, no one believes in me, and there's, like, an opening wide enough to drive a Mack truck through where Henry could have said, I believe in you. So so Henry's best acting moments are not the ones where he's talking, but rather the ones where he's sermonizing. Definitely. Yes. Right? Agreed. I mean, it's, and, and it's kind of interesting. I, I just want, so I really like the character that Courtney Vance played in the, uh, the Flash Forward show that was on for a little while. Yes, I remember that show. He, he played, I thought he was in that. Yeah. Yeah, he he played the 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 was it? I can't remember. If it was the FBI? It was the FBI, right? So he played the uh, so. FBI director. Yeah, he was. I, and I really liked his character. And you know what? If you look at the difference, right, is his character in Flash Forward was likable because everything he said sounded like he was sermonizing. Um, and yeah. it's, you know what's funny about this too? Um, my mom and I watched The Preacher's Wife together, and at the end, I turned to her and I said, Courtney B. Vance could totally be a preacher in real life. He has the whole persona and everything going on. And he's doing another yeah. movie where he's going to be a preacher, too. I looked that up on IMDb. He's, really? currently, he's currently filming another movie where he's a preacher. Yeah. See that? Typecast. There you go. That's a good typecast, though. Oh, yeah. He's good at it. Yeah, I'd go to his church. There you go. What more endorsement do you need? He might make a good but rabbi. You never know. He could. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, he could figure something out. Yeah. But give him anything to preach. Do it well. Yeah. It's at that point when when he gets home from and sees the ice skating and what's going on that he and Dudley start getting into an argument. And like you said, Todd, it's sort of implied that Dudley gets in trouble with the big guy uh, for for getting too close to Julia. Because he, at this point, has to, you know, exit stage right and not be seen by everyone else except for, you know, one more occasion uh, towards the end of the film and has to sort of take a silent role, which is what I referred to of uh, Julia and Henry are out delivering Christmas baskets and he nudge, he sort of uses his powers to nudge them into the snow next to each other. And that's the moment where the two of them start reconnecting a little bit. So for going forward, the scene I love with the acapella thing where they, where they sing a rendition of um, Our Father in Heaven. That I love them singing acapella. The, the, that, those guys were awesome. They were. Yeah. They sounded really good. Even if you don't like gospel music, like the music throughout this is very well done, I thought. So Henry uh, starts to yell at um, Dudley because they start to have an argument behind closed doors in the office. And um, it... This is like their second argument, right? Or yes. At this point. And at, it, it's at this point that they literally throw the book into the fire. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they destroy the, the angel handbook. And he does. At, and at this point, I'm trying to figure out why he, why he still doesn't believe Dudley's a, an angel at this point. I, I, I don't know. I think he kind of does, but he's a little shocked at, at what happens when he throws it in there, and it's sort of fireworks. I, I do like the line. It's well, it's it's not a sign of the new pope because it's it's white smoke. Yes, <laughs> I did like that. That was funny. Probably one of the best lines in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that. But I like that because it, it's it's kind of sort of metaphorical that the book gets destroyed because up until that point, you do see Dudley constantly looking back at the book. Yeah, so it's that falling in the snow moment. Like we said, that's where they, they start reconnecting. 
But it's then that's being fixed sort of helps Henry to get up the courage to go and talk to Joe Hamilton and say that I'm backing out of your mega church deal and we are going to stick with St. Matthew's. And he invites Joe to come to church. Joe's not convinced, though. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't fall for the for the trick uh, of Henry. And uh, it, it's not until Dudley visits him in, that he decides to attend church. No, no, no. Also, in fact, Joe threat Joe threatens him. Yeah. At this point, and says. No, no, no! You don't understand. I have your mortgage, and apparently, I'm just being a nice guy. Yeah, the deacons sold the church to the to, to him without Henry knowing about it. Yes, those deacons are not helping the cause, for sure. But that's that's secondary. In between these two times, we have Hakeem is brought back to to the neighborhood as Julia and Henry decide to bring him back to be with Jeremiah. Uh, and they end up, of course, uh, being his guardians and taking him in. So they've solved every problem except for the church. Uh, and on Christmas Day, they go to church, and Henry is supposed to deliver a sermon uh, via teleprompter that would go out via the cameras to the folks in the new church that Joe is setting up. But he goes off script and starts preaching a different sermon about hope and love and how the people of St. Matthew's will stay together. And his sermon gets to Joe Hamilton, who, in a similar way to the ending of The Muppets, comes out and says, you can have your church back. <laughs> because Dudley had scared the poop out of him. Yes. And I love the fact that Dudley says, I'm not your angel, and you're not that lucky to have me. Along those lines. Yeah, basically saying, like, I'm not your angel, you've got something else in store for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, he, he's like, yeah. you're very far off from getting an angel or something like that. Right. Exactly. But between, between Henry's sermon and uh, Whitney's singing in church, uh, Joe is moved and everything, everything turns out okay. And uh, we, all, we all live happily ever after. Except for the fact that Jeremiah narrates the ending, uh, and says, and we notice, we see Dudley there, and neither Julia nor Henry recognize him as they're walking out of church. But Jeremiah does, and he narrates the ending of the film, uh, telling that everything worked out, and that Hakeem came to live with them, but that nobody remembers Dudley. <laughs> Except for him. Except for him. Dudley never got his Christmas present. You also forgot to mention that Lionel Richie played played the piano in the church. He just kind of kicked the guy who was at the organ out and like started just took it over. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Get up, I'm playing. That's because he's Lionel Richie and he can do that. Also, one of the signs I'd never seen until this last scene was um, apparently Joel is building something across the street from the church, across near where near the church was. Because at the last scene, I saw a Hamilton sign, like right there, and I never, I hadn't seen this, seen that sign in the previous scene, so that was weird. You see billboards in a few scenes. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I, I just thought, like you said, Todd, I think they, they, um, I've, I've said a lot of negative things about the movie, but. The the actors and the performances are very good and very charming. They're not. It's not like best actor type performances. That that's not what this kind of movie is for. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but everybody is very enjoyable to watch, and um, even though the story goes on a little too long and and all that sort of thing, like you don't really mind because they're they're good performances and they're fun. I, I don't know if I'd say fun characters, but they're good characters to watch. I just didn't feel like everyone's motivation was in the right place. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I feel that um, you you don't dislike it, but you find yourself wanting to like it more than you necessarily do. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Since we're talking about acting, can we talk about the fact that when Whitney Houston went on Oprah after she did this movie, about a few years after, don't recall when... It's it's online, folks. Look it up. It's only, it's only um, a few years ago, actually. She admitted that she there was not a day of filming where she was not on drugs for this movie. Mm. Which to me, mm. I didn't I I didn't see that. I mean, she did a really good job of covering that up because 
I didn't see it at all. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I, notice it either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure how much of the 90s she actually remembered, to be fair, from what I from what I understood from her, her inter- other interviews and stuff like that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's just horrible to think about, Yeah, you know? I mean... The thing is, she's so talented in the movie too. Her, her singing is is unbelievable. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. it's well done. I mean, she's well. She was a good singer. I mean, it was what it was. You know, she she was. You know, there are people who are born to sing, and she was definitely a person who was born to sing. So absolutely, I absolutely. I don't want to get all depressed and upset about it. I mean, it is it is what it is, and, you know, she passed, and not, nothing anyone can do about it. Did, did you know she still got a movie coming out? I did not. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to come out uh, later this year, so... Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be delayed or not. I mean, it's scheduled for, I think, summertime, but, you know... Yeah, it's in they, post... Yeah, well, sometimes when sometimes when the star of a movie passes, they kind of delay it like an extra six months or so. So they might push it until next year. You never know. But it's there. And I do want to make a Disney reference in the film. Uh, sure. Jeremiah's setting was Lion King. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of cool. Very neat. And I have a princess reference that Whitney Houston went on to do the Rogerson, Rogers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella. She did. As a TV movie for Disney, yep. Yep. And um, also, I was very sure that Penny Marshall did this, did the, this, did, did, was the director for this. She was indeed. Yeah. I, this, I, this is right up her alley, though. I mean, this is her kind of, this is the kind of movie she does, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think she did a great job on it, though. I mean, I think the directing is probably one of the things that hurt the movie. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, you, if, if you want my honest opinion, I don't know that from a script, and the director is ultimately responsible, but I don't know from a script and editing standpoint that she had a lot of. A lot of good pieces to work with, necessarily. Well, that's true, but still, like, remember what I was saying? It, 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 it seems very um, disjointed at times. Like, the scenes yes. don't flow smoothly. She is, that is really her responsibility to make sure that you can flow from one scene into the next scene and it makes sense. Right. And sometimes that's not there. And that is her responsibility. And not, not that I dislike Penny Marshalls, because she is really a phenomenal director and producer. And actress. An actress. Yes, in, she's, in all, she is phenomenal. Yeah, and so, you know, she is, you know, those marshals, they rock. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah. Well, I was going to say, because it's, it's, it's that time where we talk about ratings, but I could sense, as we're talking about this movie... Uh, Todd and I were, were were talking about different things. I, I could I could feel the heat radiating from Bree that she doesn't necessarily agree with all the stuff we're saying. So I'm going to let her go first and give her impassioned defense of the preacher's wife. Okay, so here's the thing. I can see why not everyone would enjoy this film. Um, there is lack of proper direction. Um, there's lack of chemistry between characters in certain scenes. However, I like you guys were saying before about the ending, how it kind of makes you feel like you want more from it, that it leaves you empty. For me, I didn't feel that at all. I felt that it was completely satisfactory, and I don't think of another way it could have ended, actually. Well, I can, but I don't think it would be any better than how they ended it. Um, This was only the second or third time I've ever seen this film, but the first time I was too young to remember, so I only could remember, like, bits and pieces of it. But... um, so I was glad to see this again, and I absolutely loved it. Maybe I was just in the right mood for this film. I don't know, but I don't know. I actually loved it, and I'm going to give it four stars. Four stars. Yeah. There you go. See, I could tell she. I could tell that uh, Bree Bree had a, a a different opinion than us. Yeah. It happens. Although, although I don't know that we're going to be that far off. 
What do you, what, well, let's see what Cheryl think. Maybe, maybe it's, it, it could be, could be Todd, we just, we're, we're, we're giving the male perspective. Maybe Cheryl agrees. I don't know. As someone who's Jewish, it's kind of weird watching the movie, but I really like this movie as well. I really think it gives a good message out there. Um, I like the message it gives. And not just, you know, not to spread yourself too thin type of thing. Um, and I give it three and a half. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. Um, he does some funny stuff at the end with it, where he puts himself into the wedding picture and where he um, makes himself the angel on the tree. Yeah. Um, the, there you go. The, you know, the kind of comedy relief in, the, in this serious movie. But um, I kind of, again, I liked, I, I liked it. It had some really great scenes and some really great casting. There you go. All right, Todd, what did you think? So, um, like, I, like I said, I mean, I I want to like this movie more because the acting is really good in it. Um, I feel that at times the dialogue's a little stilted, and I don't think and I don't think it's well. I think that it falls apart on the directing a bit, and that's kind of sort of where my problems lie. Um, so, I I don't hate it. I don't mind watching it at all, um, but. I can't. I feel like for me, it's like a two point seven five, not quite a three, but not worse than that. Gotcha. So, I it actually it turns out we're we're none of us are really that far off because I was going to give it a three because it's like I said like it's enjoyable to watch like when I I got engrossed into it watching it but the stuff that that you and I have talked about during the course of this Todd about you know the scenes not flowing together and some things not making sense until they pay off a little later those kept pulling me out of the story but i was quickly pulled back in just by the performances like you said the all all the actors did did good work in this so it was very easy to come back into the story when those things kind of knocked you out of whack but at the end of the day i'm a story guy so um, that was my, my problem with the movie but i was going to give it a 3 so we're not all that far off Bree, breeze at a 4 you know it happened. There you go. I, I had a question. Just yes, sir. So, um, we've done a few Angel movies at this point. We have. We've done yeah. two. Two. Let's. Okay, so that's not a few. That's a couple. <laughs> ah. <laughs> mincing, mincing. No, no. I wanted to know. So, Angel movies are pretty common. I kind of alluded to that at the beginning. They all kind of start in the clouds and end in the clouds, and stuff happens in between. Every angel, every Angel movie works the same. That with the same bookend. Um, but here's a question. It doesn't have to be a Disney movie, but what's your favorite Angel movie? Um, for me, it's A Wonderful Life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl? I'm actually going to go with the TV show instead of a movie. Oh, I know you are. I'm going to go with Touched by an Angel. Yep, that's what I was expecting from Cheryl. So also, I did like uh, Michael as well. Michael is a very John, good movie. John Travolta. Like that. Yeah, that was good. Yes, I didn't. My, I didn't like that one. You didn't? Oh. No. Hmm. Maybe it's just because "Spirit in the Sky" is one of my favorite all-time songs. So that's that, a great that's, song. That's perfectly fair. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, so my my favorite uh, Angel movie is "Heaven Can Wait" with the Warren Beatty version. Oh. Yes. Okay. I just okay. I that movie just is like one of those movies that has always stuck with me. So mm. that's cool. That's all. Fair. I was just I was kinda of curious. Mm. Alright. Fair enough. So that is the preacher's wife. So until next week you can keep in touch with us. You can let us know what you think of this show. Go over to DisneyFilmProject.com, and you can leave a comment on the show notes there. You can tweet us at DizFilmProject, or you can go over to Facebook and search for Disney Film Project and let us know what you think of the show there. You can keep in touch with all of us on our various and sundry blogging platforms. You can check out Todd and myself over at TouringPlans.com. 
Check out Bree's Attractions blogs, my film blogs, and Todd's chief technical wizardry over at DisneyDrivenLife.com. And you can keep up with Cheryl's travails trying to keep this podcast together at about.me slash Cheryl P3. And also, don't forget to check out Magic 24.7. Listen to the box office report sponsored by us here at Disney Film Project. So go over to magic247radio.com and listen to that show so you can check out the box office report. So until next week, folks, keep it watching the movies. All night long. All night. Look at the real price before you close the deal. Gym socks. Nothing says Merry Christmas like gym socks. That man is so oily, you could fry chicken on his smile. Just because you can't see the air doesn't keep you from breathing. And just because you can't see God doesn't keep you from believing.